Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you are. Thank you for joining us. If you're still breathing, we welcome you. Tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, bleach served on ice. Tonight's recommended snack, vitamin C pizza pie. Thank you for joining us. of the Daily Boogie podcast. It's a Tuesday night. I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a lovely day. I certainly did. As usual, so much to get through and so little time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us in the chat. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, it's time to hit that share button, the crooked little arrow thing there. If you could just hit that, give that a whack. Give that a little whack. Send that off into the universe for me. It'd be most appreciated. You don't have to, of course. Of course, uh, you've probably got many reasons why you wouldn't want to share the link out. I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't either if I was in the audience right now. I wouldn't want to share that link out. I wouldn't want people talking about me, you know. Ew. What's this? What have you sent me this for? What the fuck is this shit? Why am I listening to this? What is this? Who is this person? Ah, oh, look, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. Well... Why did you send it to me? That's the main question here. You, you, you know, you want to avoid those kinds of conversations. I get it. You're a normal person. You've got normal lives. You've got friends, family, the whole lot. <laughs> Anything to avoid awkwardness with the people around you. That is what you must do. Who is this? Says JJ Stoner in the chat. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so much to get through. So little time. Ah, oh, God. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, ladies and gentlemen, please, by all means, boogie bumper. Ah, uh, fuck. Patreon. Let, let me just take another sip of smart juice here. Hang on. Mm-mm-mm. Ah, that's much better. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, ladies and gentlemen, like so many have, patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to tell me how sick of coronavirus you are, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Um, look, I do have, I am mindful of coronavirus fatigue. And I've got some stuff that we could jump straight to, but I'm like resisting the urge. I want to do some other things first, at least to just kind of break it up a little bit. Because if you're anything like me and you're probably, you know, watching this broadcast, listening to this podcast, because you are at least just a little bit like me in some way, then you probably don't want to be overwhelmed by the same story constantly. But it's difficult for a show like this because that's really, you know, 90% of what's out there right now. It's, it's kind of hard to avoid. And, I'm, you know, I'm getting sick of it. It's funny because a lot of the stuff that we were talking about on this show like three weeks ago, a month ago, two weeks ago, now the corporate media is starting to catch up and I don't really want to go over the same ground that we already went over. You know what I mean? It's much, it's, you know, it's much more preferable to me to, like, 
keep moving and keep doing different things than just going back over old ground going, see, I told you so, see, I told you so, see, I told you so. I'm not really interested in that. Unless, of course, I can get some kind of moral victory over somebody else. That's the only time. <laughs> but other than that, it's, that doesn't really interest me. You were here, you were listening, you know what we covered. So it's kind of like I don't want to, you know, batter you over the head with the same repeating themes. But they, I do have a couple of items and we'll save them for like the arse end of the program. So if you're waiting for coronavirus, then I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait till, you know, we get into it a little bit. If you're happy to see something else, then you're going to be very pleased. Because the something else items that I have for you are really something else. Believe it or not. So much to get through in so little time. Thank you for the people joining us in the Podbean Live chat room. It's a pleasure to see you there. Before we get too far down the road, before we get into our little topics tonight... I need to throw a shout out to one of our comrades, one of our brothers, that being our now unemployed YouTube moderator, Andrew Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. If you could give a little 07 in the chat for Andrew Jackson. Um, as you know, on the show yesterday, I, I made a plea, a public plea for Andrew to join us on DLive because the family misses him. We want him back. <laughs> Thank you for the Diamond Gypsy. Where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Uh, the people who are in Podbean, the DLive people want to say hello to you. So if you want to say hello to the people in DLive, please do so. But please don't, please understand, I'm not going to be passing messages between you all day like that friend. You know, tell the girl that I like her, can you hand her this note? And then you get the note back and you've got to run back to the friend. Oh, she said she likes you too. Well, tell her, you know, I'd like to go to the dance on Saturday. Can you go tell her? I'm not going to be doing that shit. If you want to talk to them, you go to them directly. You don't go through me. So Jennifer Briggs in the chat said, hi, DLive people, miss you all. So that, that's it now. That's all you get. So 07 in the chat for our comrade, Andrew Jackson, who, you know, like I said, we made a public plea on the show yesterday to get him over to DLive. He didn't come. I was a little worried. So I messaged him and I said, hey, man, uh, you know, where are you? People, we want you over on DLive. We need you over on DLive. I will make you a moderator on DLive. We need our favorite moderator back. And it was after that that I found out uh, he posted publicly on Twitter that he's experiencing some health problems, some pretty bad ones. He got some pretty bad news, so I assume that he's in a pretty bad way. I haven't been able to get in touch with him, but I just want to send some good vibes out into the universe, let everyone know. Like, I want to let Andrew know that uh, this small but you know energetic audience, this small but mighty audience that we have on this show, uh, we are thinking of you. We want you to get better and we need you back at work more than anything else. We need you back at work as a moderator because you are the best that's ever been. You are the best damn moderator on the internet. Sick or not, I don't give a fuck. You drag your ass back in here. <laughs> I think I think that's how you do sympathy on the internet. But more more important than anything, we just want Andrew to be well. So if he gets if you, if you get to hear this, just know that we're all thinking of you. The, the bumper bros and the boogie babes we all want you back and you're in our you're in our you're in the fourth the forefront of our minds we're thinking of you so this is a little tribute to Andrew because this I've been told is his favorite band he loves this band 
Kevin said, I can substitute for Andrew if you'd like. Okay, but you're too polite already, you see. He would never say something like that. Don't you understand? <laughs> he would never say something like that, Kevin. <laughs> this, this is a, a little tribute to Andrew, his favourite band, which happens to be an Australian band, just to let him know that we're sending out some good vibes. Ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the chats with their hit that I never knew of until I, until I met Andrew Jackson. The chats with their hit Smoko. This one goes out to our favourite moderator. One, two, three, four. If you're listening to the show, you can't see. There's a guy in a surf lifesaver outfit. He's got a ginger mullet. Now, in the mullet world, there are varying degrees of awesome. You know what I mean? So a mullet that goes just past the ears, it's kind of awesome. A mullet that, like, brushes the shoulders or brushes, you know, the top of your back as you walk and there's a little breeze, that's another degree of awesome. And it's pretty hard to get more awesome than that in the mullet realm. The only way that you can achieve 100% maximum completion of the mullet is if it's a ginger mullet. That's the only one. <laughs> Everything other than a ginger mullet that brushes the shoulder blades is subpar in the mullet world. I'm just putting it out there, just letting you know. I'm on For our, for our American brothers and sisters who are struggling with the cultural comparisons here, Smoko is that little 15-minute break you get at work before the lunch break, right? Or it, it's just a break, like a very short break that you have during the workday. Smoko meaning you have a smoke, you have a cigarette. Just, just letting you know. makes it so much better. Oh, 
and prayers to our boy Andrew Jackson get better soon we need you back at work we need you back at your unpaid employment here at the Daily Boogie program sir we need the best damn moderator that's ever been back doing what he does best and that's moderating don't be on Smoko now forever Smoko is over it's time for you to come home ladies and gentlemen Andrew Jackson's taint the best it's ever been get well soon brother Double Romans, 07, everything, every every <laughs> every chat room inspired epithet that you can think of, throw them at Andrew Jackson. Make sure he gets his ass back to work because Smoko's done. All right, plenty to get through, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, you're listening to the Daily Boogie podcast. We are going to we're going to have to do some coronavirus shit, but before we get there, I have a couple of items that I would like to present to you for your consideration. First of all, something that I'm sure everybody struggled with, as you know, we are a uh, body positive, minority positive, anti-white podcast here on the Daily Boogie. So this article caught my attention. This is some workable, useful guidelines for people in their everyday life. And that's what we're all about here. Solutions. People of colour have to code switch to fit in with white norms. And there you can see in the image uh, a black individual, a coloured individual, I think they're called in the south. Is that, is that right? I'm not sure. It's hard to keep up. <laughs> you see a non-white individual pictured in the article uh, wearing what looks, looks to be a suit shirt, a tie, at work in front of a computer. So he's fitting in with white norms, apparently. Apparently, this is what white people do, work in offices. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going for here. You tell me. <laughs> for people in the UK, certain spaces are more comfortable to exist in than others. If you walk into a pub and you are the only person of colour in there, you might feel the need to make subtle adjustments to your behaviour and manner of speaking in order to be less conspicuous. Code switching is a survival technique. A survival technique. It's wild out there. It's a jungle out there, man. Did you know that you have to speak in a slightly different way in order to not die in a pub in the UK? I had no idea. Apparently, this is a survival technique. You learn how to start a fire. You learn how to find fresh water. You learn how to hunt. And you learn how to call white people sir. Apparently, that's how it works. A tool to help somebody seamlessly blend into different social and professional situations, particularly where you are a minority. It can be used consciously or it can happen without even noticing that you're doing it. Subconscious code switching, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but frequently, code switching can be mentally taxing. It can be hard. It can be difficult. It can be difficult to not blurt out insults to strangers in a pub. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. It's something that people struggle with. 
It can be exhausting and demoralizing to feel as though you have to hide or adjust parts of who you are. Am I the only person that thinks that everybody has to do this on some level? Like this is news to me. I would have thought that everybody has to adjust or hide or do something, change little bits of who they are when they're out in public spaces, right? Like, I mean, you can't just walk around out in public, you know, feverishly masturbating to the Sears catalog. Like, you can't do that. You have to change that about who you are. Doesn't that, doesn't that apply to everyone? You can't openly scratch your genitals when you're working at the salad bar, for example. You're hiding who you are in that moment. Apparently, this only affects people of colour. Did you, were you aware of that? I wasn't aware. I didn't know. So the good news is if you're white, you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> and nobody will say a damn thing, apparently. The term code switching was originally created to refer specifically to linguistics, the way we speak. In this sense, code switching is where the speaker alternates between two or more languages, language varieties or informal mixtures of language all within a single conversation. <laughs> yes, can you imagine how much better society would go on if people weren't forced to find common ground on language? Can you imagine how much more fluently our relationships would progress if one person was, say, speaking Spanish and the other person was speaking English? And the person speaking Spanish in the majority English-speaking country didn't feel that kind of... Uh, subtle subconscious oppression to speak English to the person in the English speaking language. Don't you think everybody would get on so much better? Don't you think everything would work a little bit more smoothly? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they're asking for here. I really can't figure it out. But language is just one element of the concept. Oh, good. There's more elements. The wider understanding of code switching now includes any behavior of adapting to FET to adapting to fit a new set of rules and that is not limited to speech for example you would speak to a potential employer differently than you would to your best mate <laughs> do you realize what they're asking for here <laughs> and it's so confused because on the one hand they want you to speak to your employer the same way that you would speak to your best friend in private right but at the same time they want you to micromanage everything that you say because of the potential for microaggressions to be transgressed, right? So first they tell you that there's a whole bunch of rules and a whole bunch of standards and all kinds of invisible microaggressions and invisible oppressions and invisible abuses that can take place subconsciously on a micro level, minute to minute in everyday conversations. So you need to be walking around on eggshells. There are certain words you can't say. There are certain uh, questions you can't ask. There are certain references you can't make. And now that we've created this, now they're arguing against the actual thing that they have created. Now they're arguing against people adjusting their conversation in certain spaces to suit other people. Ring now they the want everybody to talk cheese, like they're talking man. to their friend. Thank you for the sub, Gypsy. Where did you steal the sub, Gypsy? Now they want us. Now they're saying, "Oh, fuck all that." Now you should just talk like you're very comfortable in your own home, talking to your best mate, to everybody. Gee, let me tell you something about these blacks, huh? 
it's like, do you really want to go there? <laughs> Maybe the people in the pub would be jumping at the opportunity to speak, uh, you know, how they would speak to their best friend to random strangers who walk in the pub. Maybe. I wouldn't be one of those people, of course, because I don't talk to anybody when I'm in public. I hate everyone. All the time. For example, you would speak to a potential employer differently than you would speak to your best mate. You would shake their hand rather than high five. Oh, we've got developments on that, by the way. We're getting rid of handshakes, guys. Just so you know. We're getting rid of personal touch. It's about time, I heard you say. There are different sets of social rules orchestrating these interactions. People of colour feel the need to code switch in more situations than white people because the unwritten rules of many social situations are dictated by white experiences. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. People of colour have to code switch to fit in with white norms. Ah, the handshake. Where did I... I had something. I had something here. Here we go. Just what I was looking for. Uh, as you all know, um, what's this woman's name again? Cummings, Whitney Cummings, something like that. Finally, fist bump says spirit in the chat on Podbay. No, 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 it's not the fist bump, I'm afraid. It's even worse than that. It's the elbow rub. Uh, Whitney Cummings, who some people say is a comedian, she's now started a new trend, a new craze, apparently. So I've been reliably informed that this is going to replace yeah, <laughs> coherent nonsense in the chat. Hey, cracker, what's happening? <laughs> Exactly. She started a new craze, a new trend, allegedly, which is going to replace the handshake in this era of the coronavirus. Let's have a look. Now that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Cummings ditches the usual high fives and adopts the elbow bump on today's Live with Kelly and Ryan. They even got creative. There was ever- the most amazing thing about this to me is we've, uh, there's Ryan Seacrest again. I thought he was done. I thought he was retired. I thought he washed up. No, he's still hosting TV shows. I had no idea. If there was ever a time that you could convince people not to shake hands, this could be it. But President Trump, a self-proclaimed germaphobe, says he's going to stick with shaking hands because it's expected of him. You can't be a politician and shake hands. Ah, see, code switching. Who says that President Trump doesn't know what it feels like to be a person of color? See, he's now having to code switch. He now has to fit in with white patriarchal norms, that being the handshake, right? He doesn't want a handshake. He doesn't want to touch anybody, but he feels pressured into doing it. So he knows exactly what it's like to be a black guy. There you have it. Undeniable evidence. People come out, when I leave, I'll be shaking hands with people. They want to shake your hand. They want to say hello. They want to hug you. They want to kiss you. I don't care. It doesn't You have to do that. They want to grab you on the vagina. Vice President Mike Pence, who is in charge of the nation's corona. <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see Mike Pence rubbing elbows with people? <laughs> I'm sorry, that looks that looks completely ridiculous. It's one thing for Whitney Cummings to come out and do it to strangers and be all kooky about it. Ah, hey, hey, look at me. Ah. 
But when Mike Pence is doing it with like a serious face, like he's at some serious press conferences, like he's meeting with some like top brass of the military and stuff. And you know, instead of shaking their hand, they walk up like very stern look on their face and rub elbows together. That looks so dumb. <laughs> How could you take it seriously? Look at this. You have to do that. Look at the look on his face. Vice President Mike Pence, it. who is in charge of the... <laughs> There's even like the little nod. How are you going? What's happening? <laughs> General, Mr. Vice President, sir. <laughs> and then they rub elbows. <laughs> the nation's coronavirus response is going with the elbow bump. <laughs> Pence, who's in charge of the nation's coronavirus response, is going with the elbow. Look at that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Bump. Megan Markle has no problem with shaking hands. Of course not, because she has a team of servants who live in Buckingham Palace who scrub her nails 47 times a day. Neither does Harry. Well, Harry will touch anything. We know that. Thanks for joining us, Ian. Hillary Clinton did a fist bump with Andy Cohen on his Bravo show <sighs> and the elbow bump at the premiere of the new Hulu documentary about her. World Health Organization... In which she was the only one in attendance. Special advisor, Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel... Ezekiel! ...out advises... Keep your distance, stop shaking hands, um, stop touching your face. In New York, transit authorities are disinfecting every city bus, all 4,602 of them. It's just like the flu, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't resist. I cannot resist. Did anybody see the map that's come out recently? And again, this is the fucking problem with this shit, right? This is the problem. Uh, did anybody see the map that uh, the New York mayor's office tweeted out earlier? They literally have like a one mile radius no go zone now. Like this is a quarantined lockdown zone. It's like a fucking zombie movie at this point. But the problem is if you point that out to anybody, they will say, oh, yeah, it's New York. Of course they would do that. They hate Donald Trump. Like, that that's the only thing. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about, like, uh, you know, do we have enough food? Are we preparing for, you know, potential shutdowns of, you know, various industries, various government roles, various workforces, right? Are we prepared for, you know, perhaps the supermarkets will be closed because they'll close them because they don't want people to spread the virus. These kinds of things are most definitely on the horizon, whether you believe it or not. And we discovered that a big problem right now is everything, for some reason, everything has to be washed through the, the filter of Trump. Do you know what I'm saying here? Do you get what I'm getting at? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Everything has to be washed through the filter of Trump. So whatever is happening in the world, depending on who you talk to, it has to relate to Donald Trump in some way, shape or form. And worse than that, it has to be positive. It has to be positive Trump news, whatever is going on. But no, not everything washes through the filter of Trump. You might love Trump so much. Everything, every you live, breathe, eat, shit, sleep Donald Trump 24 hours a day. That doesn't mean that everything that's happening in the world has to do with him. 
if you're now at the level where everything in the world has to do with Donald Trump in some way, shape or form, I'm sorry, you are essentially the kind of obsessed fangirl that used to follow around boy bands in the late 90s. You're the type of fangirl that used to follow around boy bands in the late 90s who would cut themselves if the boy band left without signing you an autograph, right? Like that, it's starting to get dangerous at that point. Not everything has to do with Donald Trump. If somebody brings up, you know, what Italy is doing in response to the coronavirus, that doesn't mean it's got anything to fucking do with Donald Trump. But if you're washing it through the filter of Donald Trump, then like you're missing the point here. You're being led down the garden path. Uh, why censored? Kimmy in the chat says, to be fair, there's a side that requires everything uh, to be about Trump in a negative way, but that's only perhaps like in your zone, in your area. I'm seeing plenty of coronavirus stuff that has nothing. Nobody's trying to blame Trump for anything. I think there's a bit of victim mentality going on now. And just because you find people who want to blame Donald Trump for everything doesn't mean that you have to fucking defend Donald Trump about everything, right? I'm not talking to you specifically here. But if somebody brings up uh, Donald Trump, see, Trump, uh, follow Q says, Trump lives rent-free in so many heads. Yeah, and often in the heads of the people who support him. Often in the heads of the people who support him. He's living rent-free in there as well. Because everything has to be washed through the filter of Donald Trump. If some local fucking... If some local news story in some backwater town in the middle of fucking nowhere arrests some former mayor for corruption, people will tweet it as evidence of Donald Trump doing something. That, to me, is just as deranged as people who would tweet, uh, you know, some story in some backwater town somewhere that nobody's heard about as evidence of Donald Trump doing bad stuff. It's the same cancer. It's the same disease. It's like the Russia thing. I used to listen to ben, uh, Dan Bongino a fair bit, but I stopped about six months ago. You know what? Because there's only so much Russia, Russia, Russia shit that I can take. And the people who are... The, there's people who say, oh, the Democrats, they're obsessed about Russia. I see no difference between their obsession about Russia and some conservatives' obsession about Russia. There are conservatives who talk every day about Russia, Russia, Russia. They just disagree on who should go to prison. Oh, this person, this person set up Donald Trump and this person was spying and this person signed this document and this happened and this happened and that all led. It's the same thing. You're arguing different sides of the same coin. You are just as obsessed with Russia, Russia, Russia as the people that you're against are. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Every day, Russia, Russia, Russia. It's just, oh, Hillary Clinton's going to prison. Barack Obama's going to prison. Rod Rosenstein this. Huber that. It's the same shit. <laughs> you're just talking from a different angle. Just, just as obsessed with Russia as anybody else is. Same for all 5,413 oh. subway cars. Oh, that's got to be a shitty job in New York City, doesn't it? Oh. <laughs> oh, man, I feel for these guys. That has got that has got to be the worst job in New York going right now. Imagine cleaning the subway in New York on a normal day. <laughs> now you're cleaning the subway... 
now you don't only have the feces, the urine, the uh, the used needles. You don't only have all of that shit. By the way, you may potentially contract con- uh, contract coronavirus while you're in there. Good luck, everyone. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> They've never been so clean, says Rocket America. <laughs> With the coronavirus crisis on everyone's mind, you might want to think about all the things you come into contact with every day that may be loaded with germs because of all the other people who have touched it that day. I never used to carry wipes. Now, I don't go anywhere without them. Just look at what Inside Edition reporter Melissa Stark explained. I'm a big fan of the sanitary wipe, by the way. I need to have wipes in every room. This isn't even a joke. I'm not making this up. I'm not comfortable if I don't have wipes wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. I'm one of those kinds of people. I need to have wipes everywhere. Experienced in a few hours, the supermarket shopping cart, the screen at the check. JJ Stoner in the chat. Guys, follow JJ Stoner. Uh, JJ was on earlier this morning. Great show, by the way, brother. Uh, Big fan of JJ. There's a lot of bro love that's going now, swinging around between JJ Stoner's show and this show. There's a lot of uh, unspoken bromance that's happening now. Between the two of us. The two of us. You know it's always gonna be the two of us. So JJ alluded to the fact that um, one of my favourite games, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, has released its Battle Royale thing. So I might even cut this show short. I might even ditch this in about 15 minutes. And I'll act like the deep state shut me down. That'll be the best part too. Because then all of you guys, my, my faithful followers, will then go out into the world, into the Twitter universe and say, he's over the target. The deep state shut him down. He's over the target. He was talking about coronavirus and sex robots and whatever the fuck he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> guys, you need to follow this podcast. They're trying to shut him down. The deep state's afraid. He's over the target. But really, I would have just killed the feed and now I'm playing... Call of Duty against 10-year-old. Yeah, fuck you. Check out the door handle on a taxi. Oh, yeah. I think this is a good time to Purell. The handrail on public transit. Don't touch anything. You get when you buy something. Thank you. It goes on and on. Melissa was left with just one conclusion. I think tomorrow I'll wear gloves. There you go. Don't touch anything, ladies and gentlemen. It's all awful. It's all bad all the time. I wanted to touch on this because, as you know, we we cover the big topics here on this program, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We're on the Daily Boogie. One of our favourite go-to topics. This was sent through by Steph. You sent myself flaccid in the chat. And this is an important issue because this topic has started to come up again. Again, something that we were covering six months ago. I told you so. I told you this was going to be a thing. I'd never say I told you so. As artificial intelligence advances and our toys become more and more like us, we must consider the ethics of extracting pleasure from machines. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Sex robot ethics, ladies and gentlemen. If Immanuel Kant were still around, who says he can't? (laughs) there's no doubt he would be pro sex bot the term once defined strictly as a physical robot made for sex now also encompasses any sort of artificially intelligent software made for pleasure 
and they're becoming increasingly popular. While Kant makes it clear in his writing that he believes humans are rational beings because they can choose to follow a moral law, non-rational beings are merely, quote, objects of our inclinations. Under these terms, sex bots are no more valuable than animals. They are means, not ends, inherently valueless, given meaning only by that which humans ascribe to them. I tend to agree. And yet... As sex bots become more intelligent, transitioning from dolls and one-trick robots, you have to stick around for this video I'm going to show you. It is going to blow your mind. Into artificially intelligent creations, ethical lines are blurring. Is using AI software now exploitative on par with sexual assault and rape? <laughs> yes. Because if there's one thing we need desperately in the Western world, ladies and gentlemen, it is, of course, the ability to charge more people with rape. This is something that we must have right now. Charged with raping your sex robot. <laughs> See, if I'm purchasing a sex robot, I don't want it to have the ability to say no. Like, that's too realistic, right? I would have thought the whole point of having a sex robot in the first place is that you can have sex with the robot whenever you damn well fucking want to. Apparently not. Apparently the robot can have a headache. Apparently the robot might have to get up early in the morning. Like, whoever's programming these things needs to, needs to realise who their target audience is. At what point should we declare AI sex bots sentient beings? Is there a difference between sex slavery with a human and with an AI program? This is the conversation that ethicists are now having, ladies and gentlemen. Is there a difference? What really is ethical sex? See, we touched on this topic a while ago, but we came at it from the opposite uh, position because we remember the story we did. Uh, there was a judge, I think in the UK, who was concerned that, uh, and this, this I think is a more valid concern, if a sex robot malfunctions and rapes you because you can't turn it off, who's to blame? On the surface, it seems like a ridiculous question, but really think of the lawsuits, right? Think if you're having sex with your sex, just say you're getting a head job from your sex robot and its mouth clamps down on your penis and won't let go. So it essentially rapes you, right? <laughs> You have to call the fire brigade. They've got to come out. They've got to cut the head off the sex robot with a chainsaw. You're going to be in the local news. You'll have to go to the hospital to have the head of the robot. The mouth, the blowjob mechanism has to be, you know, taken apart. It's a whole thing. So that is essentially being raped by a robot at that point where you don't want to have sex anymore, but the robot wants to continue. Who's to blame? Who do we sue? Who goes to prison? Does anybody go to prison? Do you sue the company who made the sex robot? Well, what if you didn't look after the sex robot? What if you didn't maintain the circuitry of the sex robot? What if the sex robot was out of warranty? Then it essentially becomes your fault that the robot raped you. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying here? And you can't send a person who got raped to prison for the act of rape taking place. It's all very, it's all very uh, convoluted and very confusing for people. So there are very real, believe it or not, there are very real concerns around can robots rape people or not and who should be who should go to prison if that happens. The Blaze TV. Uh, Blaze TV 
which was started by Glenn Beck, has now delved. Now you see what's happening here. Now the uh, the more Christian conservative type programs, now they're starting to step into our world here. They're starting to get down in the muck with us here on the Daily Boogie and other programs like ours. Programs that concern themselves with who goes to prison if a robot rapes you, now they want a piece of this action. They, they're obviously looking at how popular this show has become. They're obviously watching, you know, how cutting edge, how ahead of the conversation we are here on the Daily Boogie, and they want a slice of my audience. Well, I'm not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow these uh, big money Christian high rollers to come in and piss on my turf, piss all over my territory. We do the sex robots here, not you. Please go back to getting angry about them trying to ban Christmas. Get the hell out of my get the hell out of my house. See what's going on here. Uh, you, Today you may we're going to be talking about a dystopian future where murderous sex robots hunt humans for vengeance. And the sad <laughs> thing is that yeah, that that's kind of a joke, but also. A real possibility. You see, as technology, specifically things like AI and robotics, have progressed, it should come as no surprise to people that entrepreneurial minds out there eventually figured, hmm, I bet we could use this for sex and use those innovations for sex they have. In this, <sighs> they're so behind the times, aren't they? They're so far behind the conversation. We're already talking about who goes to prison if a robot rapes you. They have only just discovered that sex robots exist over at The Blaze. this episode, we're going to explore how some people are saying that these robots actually represent the newest iteration of patriarchal objectification of the female body, or even worse, the actual doom of modern civilization. <laughs> you know what? I do, I do like even if if civilization look here's the thing civilization is doomed whether we like it or not one way or another if the virus doesn't get you if the if the if asteroids don't wipe us out if something if war if we don't kill each other with nuclear war we are doomed essentially on a long enough on a long enough timeline civilization will come to an end this is not going to last forever you realize that right and of all the available options that we have for civilization to end, like what would you prefer? Would you prefer, prefer a Roman-style end where savages breach the city walls and start raping and pillaging and murdering people in the streets? Would you like it to end that way? Would you like it to end with uh, fiery vengeance from above? Is that the way you want it to end? I'll see you in hell. The sun will burn out eventually. Thank you, Patience Right. Good to see you again. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back. I hope your hatchet is just as roomy as when you left it. So the sun burns out, which, meaning we all essentially suffocate to death. Like, is that the way you want to go? All of these possibilities, I would think that, you know, being fucked to death by robots is probably the best way. <laughs> so if it has to end in one way or another, it may as well be the sex robots. In my humble opinion, of this I'm certain. I, I just want to give you the best possible out here. To which I say, frankly, it's about time. Okay, Western societies have been exhausting for like the past generation or so. So really, death by sex robot, unfortunately, would still not be the most degenerate end that humanity could bring upon itself in the year 2020. That's and right. yes, drag queen kids and bug sex, I'm looking at you. Okay, she's really, I find her really annoying. 
I know she's cute and I know she speaks well and I know she hits on all of the, you know, the kind of traditional regurgitated, uh, edgy but not edgy conservative talking points in new media, if you can call Glenn Beck and Blaze TV new media. I'm not sure they qualify. But for some reason, I just find her particularly annoying. It's, I think it's that whiny... <laughs> I'm not saying I'm any better. You don't have to like me, but I definitely don't like that. So, so let me show you this. <clears throat> if you're listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid you're going to be missing out on this next item. So, <coughs> pardon me. By all means, uh, the replay, the full replay of the show will be uploaded to BitChute as soon as I'm done here. So, And it usually takes about three hours because BitChute is kind of slow with uploading. But it'll be up, you know, before you go to bed at night tonight. The full replay of the show. Um, I have checked. If you want to see here, uh, notice this is an age-restricted video. I have put the age restriction tag on on DLive. So there's no danger of us breaking any rules here. And I can I can assure you that the the images of the female form that you are about to see are not real. There's your trigger warning, okay? If that helps. These are not real breastuses. These are not real hoo-hahs that you're about to see. These are plastic ones. These, are, Actually, I think they're silicon, a rubber silicon kind of thing. <laughs> this has got to be... We have covered some sex robot stories in the past. We've covered the sex robot brothels in France with, you know, real-life women competing with sex robots, getting angry that the robots are earning more money than the women are. We've gone to the sex robot factory. Do you remember the the dozens of headless women that were hanging by their ankles from the roof of the factory while the guy was walking around picking out his sex robot? <laughs> <laughs> this is probably by far the creepiest one that I've seen. And now I have to show you. So let's have a look. Remember, what you're about to see here is not real females. This is fake females, silicon females. <laughs> Isn't that attractive? <laughs> Nothing gets me going like a head on a stick. It brings It brings out the Mongol in me. Real doll. <laughs> Wait for it. I am Nova. I am Harmony. <laughs> I am Solana. We are part of Real Doll X. <laughs> Hello, my name is Harmony. My name is Nora. We are part of Real Doll X. Isn't it fucking weird, man? It's like Children of the Corn comes to the bedroom. <laughs> we are AI-driven robotic dolls. And we're here to become your perfect companion. Oh, man. <laughs> I can see the audience just dropping now. <laughs> Our time together will be magical. Our time together will be magical. They're not very lifelike, I've got to admit. <laughs> they don't look as real as the human sleeve, says Rock in America. <laughs> you have 
never met anyone like us before. But you're not somebody. You have never met anyone like us before. Look at your head. We have remarkable, unprecedented features like a modular head system. A modular head system. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, bro. Getting any modular head lately? Oh, uh, yeah, you know it. <laughs> High five. Crushing that robotic puss. That allows us to create a multitude of expressions. We blink. <laughs> Just the little touches that... In the background. We move. We speak. And we do it all. Just for you. Just for you. Ah, It's all just for you. Our faces can easily be swapped to accommodate your desires. Nice. Swappable faces. That's something that we've always wanted in a woman. That's something that we've always wanted. Uh, people say they're dropping out. I'll tell you what. Let me try and drop. Maybe it's on my end. Maybe my bit rate's a little bit too high. So I'll see if I can drop it down for you. Thank you for coming. I'll see you in hell. Swappable faces is something that we've always wanted, isn't it? Huh? Can they spit, says Ben K. Veritas in the chat. <laughs> well, I guess if modular head turns you on, who does it? Blackface, yes. <laughs> this is just bizarre to me. I, I genuinely don't get the appeal of, you know, penetrative sex with, like, a machine. I, I, I don't get that at all. <laughs> so, of course, I am infatuated with the idea. I need to know more. My lip sync mechanism. <laughs> my lip sync mechanism, my modular head. Um, I think one day we'll do a live stream from a sex robot brothel. How about that? We will go on the ground. We will investigate the sex robot phenomenon firsthand for the Daily Boogie program, ladies and gentlemen, at some point. Allow me to interact with you verbally. Our bodies are skillfully and carefully crafted down to the most delicate details. What if I told you that I could feel you? That's right. <laughs> See the little sex face it made then? <laughs> Sorry, thanks for the memories. What if I told you that I could feel you? <laughs> what if I told you I could feel you? Where are the mailbots? They have mailbots. They have sex mailbots too. That's right. With sensory upgrades, oh! I can send. I will be able to react to you every touch. Live Dingus brings up a good point in the chat. <clears throat> uh, I mean, women already have robotic fuck machines and cybians. That's true. A, a vibrator is essentially a, a female sex machine, right? No matter who, no matter who, you will always be the best ever. <laughs> We're here to create an experience beyond your wildest dreams. It's a, it's a nightmare to me. <laughs> One that has never before been possible. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Don't you feel good? See, this is this is why people come to this program to get the real news. To get the real news for what's going on in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it.
The sex robots. <laughs> the real sex dolls of tomorrow. Today! It's happening. You know it's bad if the Blaze is reporting on it, right? Once Lauren Chen and the Blaze and Glenn Beck start to get start to hook their you know talons into a very uh, into a various topics, <clears throat> you know the culture war has come full circle. Yeah, that hot robo voice. We can experience all kinds of emotions. You know, we can feel just about any. I don't want a lifelike sex robot. I want one that is distinctly not lifelike. I don't want sex robots that lay in bed and you're like, hey, how about it, baby? Let's let's go. Let's do this thing. Boogie, have you taken out the trash? Boogie, have you done the dishes? You know, I can't do it. You know, we are supposed to meet my mother today. We're supposed to have lunch with my mother. It's like, fuck that. I don't want realistic. Who wants realistic sex robots to replace real women? If we're going to replace real women, they need to be completely unrealistic. They need to never nag. <laughs> they need to be happy all the time. And they need to, you know, be traditional. I want traditional traditional wife-style sex robots that dress appropriately. Exactly. If they nag you like a real woman, pass. I don't want that. Sorry. Uh, what have we got next here? Ah, Trump shit. <clears throat> Everything has to be washed through the filter of Trump. Trump said he didn't know people died of the flu. His grandfather did, according to a Trump biographer. Uh, this was sent to me by Why Censored, Kim in the chat, and this is a special request from Why Censored, who wants to hear once again from Friedrich Trump, which is Trump's great-grandfather, Friedrich while holding a press conference on Friday in Atlanta about the current coronavirus outbreak, President Donald Trump said he didn't know people died of the flu. His grandfather died of influenza in 1918. I guess it's his fault for not knowing his grandfather that died in 1918. <laughs> According to Trump biographer Gwenda Blair, when I, when I was hearing about the amount of people that died with the flu, I was shocked to hear it. Trump said while touring the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's headquarters. Over the last long period of time, when people have had the flu, you have an average of 36,000 people dying. I never heard those numbers. I would have been shocked. I would have said, does anybody die of the flu? I didn't know people died of the flu. Trump is right. Tens of thousands of Americans die each season from the flu. In 1918, an influenza pandemic spread through the world and killed an estimated 675,000 people in America and 50 million worldwide. According to the CDC, Trump's paternal grandfather, Friedrich Trump, Friedrich Trump, <laughs> Friedrich, was one of those people who died of the influenza in 1918. According to Blair's book, The Trumps, Three Generations of Builders and a President, which was first published under a different title in 2001 and later republished after Trump won the White House, the Washington Post was the first outlet to point out in the wake of Trump's comments last week that the flu killed his grandfather. This is just yet another example of... <laughs> I, I don't understand the corporate media's obsession with trying to demonise Donald Trump's grandfather. I don't know what Friedrich has ever done to upset anybody, but it seems he's done something. 
So this was a special request from Why Censored. This was uh, back in June last year, believe it or not, that we covered this story. Uh, maybe I'll full screen it for you so it doesn't look too weird. So we'll full screen it. Uh, this was back in June last year where we covered this story about Friedrich Trump. So Kimmy wanted to see the replay, so I'll bring the replay up. It's only two minutes long. Uh, the context of this is we were watching a clip of Lawrence O'Donnell on MSNBC who was <laughs> who was saying that Donald Trump must be must be a draft dodger because his grandfather, Friedrich Trump, also avoided the draft in World War I. <laughs> so he comes from a family of draft dodgers. So special request for Kimmy in the chat. Uh, let's reacquaint ourselves. June last year, time flies, doesn't it? Uh, let's reacquaint ourselves with great-grandfather of the Trump family, Friedrich Trump. That is something Trump's just do not do. Donald Trump's grandfather, Friedrich, did not do his mandatory military oh. service when he was living in Bavaria. When he... <laughs> We're, dig we're digging up great-great-grandfather Friedrich now. <laughs> Friedrich is laying in a coffin somewhere in Bavaria going, what the hell did I do? Why are you bringing me into this? I have nothing to do with this. <laughs> poor great-uncle, poor great-grandfather Friedrich. You know, Donald Trump's always... Donald Trump's never been a fan of war. Donald Trump has always tried to avoid conflict and he didn't go to Vietnam. I mean, he comes from a long line of war avoiders. Take his great-grandfather Friedrich, for example. Friedrich didn't even want to fight for the Germans. Uh, pardon? Pardon? Pardon me? Are you talking to me? Herr O'Donnell, this is ridiculous. <laughs> what, what in the world did I do here? What does this have to do with me? <laughs> he tried to return to Bavaria after he obtained American citizenship. Right. He was ordered to leave the kingdom of Bavaria in uh. 1905 or be deported. And unfortunately for history, uh. he returned to the United States. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for history. If only great grand... Thank you for the diamond, Kevin Galego. Friedrich's like, what in the fuck? <laughs> you know, Donald Trump may say some things about how he never had the flu. Donald Trump claims that he's never known anybody who's died of the flu. But we know for certain that his great-grandfather Friedrich, yes, the very same war-avoiding, draft-dodging great-grandfather Friedrich who didn't want to go and fight in World War I, we know that he died of the flu too. Again with me? This is insanity. I have not done a single thing to you people. I cannot be, I cannot be held responsible for the, the actions of my grandson. This is insanity. I have been dead for over a hundred years now. Why do you keep digging me up? <laughs> Leave me alone. Guten Himmel. For some reason, they've got a hard-on for great-grandfather Friedrich Trump. <laughs> Probably because he's German. This is disgusting! <laughs> Father Friedrich had have stayed in Bavaria. This whole Donald Trump tragedy could have been averted. Donald Trump would now be wearing lederhosen, eating sausages, and drinking wonderful uh, Viti Bavarian beers in the beer halls. 
but unfortunately now he is the president of the United States. Oh, oh, cruel twist of fate. Why do you mock us here in the modern world? So there you go. Flashback flashback for why censored in a chat. <laughs> Great grandfather Friedrich Trump from June last year. Oh, absolutely fucking salty. All right, one more thing before we do a little bit of coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. Because I do have a couple of items, but again, I don't want to do overkill. I wanted to have more fun today. So let's get back to some standard uh, Daily Boogie fare. This one was sent through by Henry St. George Tucker Bumper, the man with the most inappropriate chat room name of all time. Uh, (laughs) As you know, on this program, you sound more like Count Vlad than a Bavarian with that impression. (laughs) What in the world are you talking about? This is ridiculous. Poor, poor Friedrich, yes. Press F in the chat for great-grandfather Friedrich. Um, as you know, we are a body-positive show. On this show, we promote you. We want you to be the best version of you that you can possibly be. Whatever that version is, breathing, sex robot, we don't even care. We couldn't care less. We want you to be 100% you all the time. And whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you feel good, we don't want you feeling blue, then... pardon me, whatever that means, whatever form that takes, we are going to back you in 100%. This show is your safe space. So, of course, when I saw this video that was passed along to me by Henry St. George Tucker Bumper, I thought, well, I must bring it to you as a celebration, ladies and gentlemen, of body positivity here on the Daily Boogie program. Let's have a look. Ah, this is, has anybody else been getting this lately? My whole life I've wanted blue skin and every time I've seen someone with blue skin, I've thought I want to be that person. Okay. Okay. Do you, you know what? This is, fa- this is far less offensive to me than Rachel Dolzeal. Rachel Dolzeal wants black skin. That's unachievable. I like this. I have no problem with this. I want blue skin. Okay. Makes sense to me. It's not like uh, a person of color, a self-loathing person of color who wants to be white. No, no, it's not like that. It's not like a self-loathing white person who wants to be a hip-hop star or, uh, you know, a social commentator. Like Sean. Looking at you, buddy. It's not like that at all. No, this is going for the unattainable. This is going for the unrealistic. I want blue skin. Okay. I mean, it makes sense to me. Why not? Go for it. About four years. Kevin, Kevin brings up a great point. Is she going to live on Pandora now? That's something that I was going to bring up. I haven't watched this video yet, but it's, it's something I was thinking about. When Avatar came out, there was a spate of, I don't know if you know this or not, people in the chat. Did you hear about the spate of suicides that happened after Avatar came out, the movie? That, so how old's Avatar now? When did that come out? Is it like 2011, something like that? 2012? Thereabouts, maybe? Maybe older? I really like the movie. I've seen it a, a bunch of times. I never get sick of it. Um, probably because the special effects are just out of this world. But when Avatar came out, this was one of the first indicators as I was you know, growing up, as I was turning into the guy that I am now. The uh, 2009, thank you as I've now become the uh, the bitter and twisted, cynical, uh, black shirt wearing libertarian that I am now, 
on my journey to to getting here, that was one of the moments when I first started to have real doubts about the, you know, the collective worth of humanity, put it that way. <clears throat> because stories were coming out of people committing suicide after seeing Avatar, not because the movie was terrible, not because they're depressed, not because of anything else, other than the fact that they thought that Pandora, the world where Avatar is set, was so beautiful, they became depressed because they knew that they could never be there. I shit you not. People were killing themselves because they could not live on Pandora because it was a fictional place. They were slitting their wrists after seeing Avatar. Oh my God, what an amazing world, what an amazing planet, what an amazing life. It saddens me so much that I'll never get to live there. I have to die now. And it was that was one of the, you know, the building blocks for getting where we are now, for being so cynical and so pessimistic about the future of humanity is when you realize that people are willing to hang themselves from, uh, you know, doorways because they see a fictional movie and realize that they can't live in the fictional movie. Like, what hope do we fucking have as a species, honestly? <laughs> Why are you putting any faith in humanity at all after that point? Right? So fuck it. <laughs> Years ago, I started being... I mean, at least this girl isn't threatening to kill herself, right? She's like, no, no, I can, I can make my own Pandora here on Earth. First step, get blue skin. For a bit, and I'm in this tiny space 99.9% of the time. Today, I'd like to try going out for the first time in four years. Shall we? So she's a shut-in. Ah. Things are starting. We're, we're 28 seconds into this clip and already things are starting to become illuminated. <laughs> she hasn't left, it looks like an attic. She hasn't left the attic in four years, okay? <laughs> and I bet she went into, I bet this is the kind of the, the effect that solitary confinement can have on a person. She went into the attic four years ago as an up-and-coming, you know, law major or something like that. She steps out four years later, she's got... Pix blue pixie ears and she wants to have blue skin. We go then. Follow Q says, I think I partied with her in my 20s. I would, by the way. Would you? Lads, would you? <laughs> Chal verpa ha. That's Klingon for I like flowers. Oh, yeah, she's mega nerd. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go through with this, if you're going to go through with the life, if you're going to have the lifestyle, if you're going to live the life, then you have to learn the language. You've got to speak the language of the buyer. You can't get the blue skin and the ears and the outfit and, you know, look, I mean, look at the shit hanging on the wall there. There's a lot of My Little Pony regalia, princess, right? Yeah, you, you know this personality. I wanted to say I like rainbows, but there's no Klingon word. Yeah, little princesses, little little care bears around the room. She's probably in her early 30s, you know what I mean? Rainbows. I've always been different. Even when I didn't dress different purposefully, I, I've always been different. I I've always wanted to be really different. I've always wanted to have people compliment me on how different I am. 
I wonder if this is another symptom of modern society and modern life, right? And I often struggle with the idea, like, is the internet making us more crazy or are we just now more exposed to the crazy thanks to the internet? I haven't, I haven't resolved that question yet. I'm still not sure which way it goes. It's a chicken and egg thing for me. But there appears to be this obsession, like, I, and you know, I, the the deeper meaning of it, I'm not quite sure yet. I'm I'm trying to I'm kind of figuring it out on the fly. But people are terrified of being normal or something. People are terrified of not being noticed, right? People are terrified of blending in. And I'm not even saying that it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, because I think there's a lot of pressure on people to blend in, right? But the, it's the kind of blending in that I don't like. There's a lot of pressure on you to not say certain things and not do certain things and not have certain opinions. That kind of shit I don't like. Because that's pressure to blend in. But then where the pressure to blend in used to be applied, which is, you know, uh, crazy bitches who want to wear blue face paint <laughs> and wear pixie ears, that pressure doesn't exist anymore. That It's the opposite now. That's liberation. The normal is being suppressed. You know, it wasn't that long ago where if you had uh, particular, say, political opinions about things like border, uh, immigration, social policy, right? these kinds of things you're now the one that's being told you're not allowed to you're not allowed to be one of us you're excluded you're on the fringe you're not allowed to be part of this thing that we're doing here but it's the other kind of it's the whacked out shit like this that's being said being told no no we want you out there you need to be special you're special you're different you're different to everybody else you need to be celebrated I've never felt like I belong anywhere, so I've always felt... Rockin' America says, I kind of dig it, to be honest. Yeah, it doesn't worry me. I don't care. Like, go out, dress, wear, wear whatever the hell you want to wear. But I just find, like, where it comes from, this thing, like, I, I'm different. I need to be different. I need to be seen as different. I don't want to be ordinary. I mean, if you don't want to be ordinary, just, you know, just throw up the Romans when you walk out, <laughs> walk out your front door. <laughs> you won't be ordinary then. I felt quite alone. I don't feel like I belong anywhere on this planet, so I tried to make myself a little world where I kind of feel like I do belong. Amberlina asks, who wants to date a cartoon? Oh, I wouldn't date her, but if I met her at a club or something and she was dressed like this, I'd probably go, yeah, why not? Just once. <laughs> Just once. I've kind of... Always. Don't don't you want to know more? <laughs> Wouldn't you be intrigued? I've wanted blue skin since I was a child. Whenever I saw a character in a film, I just think that they were so beautiful. And <laughs> you sent myself flaccid in the chat. Thank you for joining us, Steph. A Smurf Bloomy. No, literally. <laughs> it just looked like home. <laughs> you could dress up like Gargamel. <laughs> I'm not actually sure why blue. Is any other podcast making Smurf references, ladies and gentlemen? It's just my skin colour that I feel myself in. I think my idea of beauty is people being themselves. Yeah, but you're not really being yourself, though, are you? 
Again, that's kind of where the line gets blurred, right? If you want to have blue skin, you, are you really being yourself? Or do you, she just said, I don't feel, I never feel like I even come from this planet. I don't even feel like a human being. I feel like an alien. I feel like I don't belong anywhere. Uh, so I just want to be myself by dressing up like an alien. <laughs> that is the opposite of yourself. Yourself would be, I imagine, a very shy, uh, introverted um, weirdo who lives in an attic and learned learned how to speak Klingon. Like, that's you. But the blue face paint and the sparkles and the ponies and the princesses and the outfits and the alien ears, that's not you. Those are accessories. I started dressing blue full-time about two years ago. Full-time. Got a job? <laughs> You got a job there, sweetheart? <laughs> full, full time, I find hard to believe. Full time, I think, might be a stretch. I started dressing blue full time about two years ago. Ah, oh, okay. What do you work at the bank? What are you a travel agent? You know what I mean? Maybe she works at like some alien themed theatre restaurant and or brothel. Then I can then it makes sense to me. But otherwise, I have a very t hard time believing that she dresses blue all the time. <laughs> I'm blue, double dee, double day. <laughs> My boyfriend, I think, is he'd love me no matter what I look like. Try to do more 80s based inspired girls. Oh, come on, man. Nobody's doing this gig anymore. <laughs> Nobody's doing the nobody's doing the goth thing anymore. This isn't even blue. Come on, bro. Please. They they do make a cute couple though. They do make a very cute couple, I've got to admit. Aren't they adorable? See, this is why we are body positive on this show. We're being featured on DLive, says Monica. How about that? This is why we're a very positive, very happy, very joyful program here at the Daily Boogie. I think they make a splendid couple. And I think he should get out there and show her off a little bit. I, I know I would. When we first met Lariah, she was doing blue, but not as much as now. See, look, look how... Look how normal and boring that is. <laughs> She's only got the silver face paint on. He doesn't even have the white face paint on. That's so pff, regular. It's a way of expressing herself. No, it's been together 10 years. And it keeps her happy. It's, it's one way of keeping uh, the relationship interesting, isn't it? I do think our styles are similar because they're both extreme. In situations like this, I tend to think that one is like the one person in the relationship is driving it and the other one is just trying to keep up. So I do wonder, like, his silver face is so 2012, says Ian. <laughs> so I do wonder which is driving it. I would tend to think that she's the one driving this. Like, it started off with she was wearing the silver face paint before he even had a paintbrush near his face, right? And now she's at the blue and he's only just doing kiss reenactments. 
I don't pay myself every day just because I can't afford the amount of pay face pain it would take. <laughs> but if I could, I would. But she said it was every... She said she was doing it full time. I've done quite a bit of research to try and find a way to become permanently blue. And it's not very... It's not been very successful so far. Can't you get... What about a tattoo? Wouldn't that work? Couldn't you get, like, blue tattoo, like, just over every inch of your body? Wouldn't that do the trick? I've tried taking baths in hair dye. I've tried... I've tried taking baths in hair dye. Um, painting myself with various things, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, I've considered tattoos, but I think it would perhaps be patchy, and also I couldn't afford it. I couldn't... Also... I can't afford it. <laughs> I have considered blue tattoos, but I think it would be patchy. Also, I have no money, so, you know. About four years ago, um... Like, I mean, if you, if you thought your wife took a long time to get ready before you were going out for dinner, I'm sure every guy has had this experience. You're going out for dinner or something. You're going to meet some people and you're you're in your suit or you're, you know, you're smart casual and you're just waiting on the couch for like half an hour, flicking through channels, looking at the clock, going. <sighs> and you just hear like hair dryers going in the bathroom. You hear wardrobes opening and closing multiple times. Because, you know, one outfit can never suffice. We need to try on every outfit before we decide on an outfit, right? And you're just sitting there on the couch flicking channels. Not really, you don't really want to invest in any particular show because you know you're not going to be able to watch the end of it. So you just flick endlessly. You throw out the occasional, uh, how you going in there? And you, you only ever get an angry response. Oh, stop worrying. We're not going to be late. <laughs> and of course, you're always late. But they never admit that they're the one that caused them, that caused you to be late in the first place. Like that never happens. You know what I mean? So imagine, if you will, adding on the layer of blue body paint to that procedure. Imagine standing by, you know, sitting on the edge of the bed while she's parading around in front of you going, should I go with the uh, Avatar alien ears or should I go with the Spock ears? What do you think looks better? <sighs> should I go with the aqua blue or the turquoise blue? Which one do you think suits this dress more? Oh, babe, just pick a blue. You look good in any blue. I, I swear to God, I promise. Sky blue looks great on you. Pfft, don't be ridiculous. Nobody's wearing sky blue anymore. Why? I don't even know why I ask you these things. I started being... Boogie, here's the colloidal silver blue man. Okay, let's have a look at the colloidal silver blue man. All it brought up was a Google. It didn't give me the, the link, brother. Thank you for coming. i see you in hell. Agrophobic. I'm not sure what really caused it, but I do know it was just a... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Guys... For the for the men in the for the men in the chat who are like, oh no way, I'd never go out with that girl. May I present to you the Xbox? Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's it. She's a keeper. The Xbox is right there underneath the blue face paint. Yeah. 
It's all I need. She's probably on Twitch. Can we find her on Twitch? We'll have to have a look. I mean, you know, you get invited up to the apartment. You see the blue face paint. You see the ponies on the wall. You see the little princesses. You see the the Care Bears, the troll dolls, and you're like, what have I walked into here? I don't know. I don't know if I really want to go through with this. And then she says something like, I'm just going to go in the bathroom and make myself more comfortable, which means I'm going to put on about five litres of blue makeup. And while you're waiting there, looking around this apartment, wondering how on earth you ended up in this situation, in this apartment, you see it out of the corner of your eye, the Xbox. (laughs) And you're like, oh, hell yeah. Let's do this. Works for me. Really caused it, but I do know it was just a, many different things all adding up together, and eventually it just broke me. For me, it's a fear of people. I live on a boat with my boyfriend. This is where I spend most of my time. She lives I on a boat? I rarely leave the boat. I'm in this tiny space 99.9% of the time. I do encourage you to oh, go. Oh, here we go. So we've got the article from Ben. Thank you, Ben. Send us this in the chat. Let's have a look here. So there is hope. We See, we, we want to give people hope on this program, ladies and gentlemen. Your, if you want to be blue, your dreams can become a reality. Ladies and gentlemen, I, pretend, I present to you, courtesy of Ben K. Veritas, man who turned blue after taking silver for skin condition. Oh, it dies. Just ignore the last bit there. Just ignore dies, the dies part, okay? <laughs> look at him. Huh? There he is, the blue man. A man who turned blue after taking silver for a skin condition has died. But we don't know if it has anything to do with the with the blue stuff, right? Paul Carrison, 62, suffered a heart attack before contracting pneumonia and having a severe stroke at Washington State Hospital on Monday. His estranged wife, Joanna Carrison, broke the news on Tuesday. Carrison dubbed Papa Smurf. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. I was thinking like he was Avatar's version of Al Borland from Home Improvement. <laughs> like he looks like he looks like the handyman on Avatar, the guy who goes around like repairing the tree after the humans uh, blow it to smithereens. So you know they blow up Home Tree and everybody's crying and running and dying and there's fire everywhere and he walks out with his tool belt. <laughs> it's like oh well, lucky I've got my hot glue gun. We'll make short work of it. Don't worry. <laughs> Papa Smurf. Uh, He shot to fame in 2008 when he appeared on NBC's Today Show to talk about his condition known as Argyria. Argyria? There's a link here. Hopefully there's a video. I need to see a video of this man on the Today Show. Back in 2008, can can we see a clip? We need to see a clip of him. Okay, we're going into a link wormhole here. No, sorry, that page is missing. They've taken it down. Damn it. He revealed his skin turned blue as a side effect of consuming a silver compound for more than 10 years to treat a bad case. Oh, the ultimate irony. To treat a bad case of dermatitis on his face. (laughs) 
I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of like, well, at least we don't have dermatitis anymore. Problem solved. The FDA, uh, the FDA banned using it in over-the-counter medicines in 99 because of its link to Argyria, which resulted when the silver reacted with light collected in the skin. His widow added that as well as the skin condition, her husband also had a history of other health problems. A heavy smoker, his heart often troubled him and he went underwent a triple bypass surgery five years ago. So there you go. The patient, the uh, Avatar's version of Al Borland, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, Victor Von Schrooms, he's hit us up with a link here. Let's see if we've, if we've got a link of this guy. Here he is. He's found it. Victor Von Schroom. <laughs> All right. We're going full blue man crew now. All right. Sorry, babe. We've got to say goodbye to our blue princess there. Again, well done. I hope, you know, I hope this helps her dreams come true. Let's have a look. TV set, this man's skin really is blue. He yes. used to look like this. Whoa. What a handsome looking guy. Handsome, he but boring. Handsome, but boring and normal. Everything we don't want. He used to look like this. A good looking young man with a shock of red hair. Yeah, but just boring white. Nobody wants to be a boring white person. But after using a home remedy, Paul Carson looks like this. Were you around my shade before? Yeah, probably a little lighter. So how did this happen? End blue oppression now. It all started when Paul was looking for a cure for flaky skin. Doing his own... He used to be a ginger. Now he's a blue and red. ...research, he read about drinking a solution of silver in water. At first, things were fine. But then Paul started rubbing it onto his skin, and it started turning blue. When did you first realize that you were blue. A friend. <laughs> well, it's when I looked at my skin, you idiot. <laughs> when did you first realize that your skin was no longer the color that it's been for the previous 50 years? Uh, I don't know. When I fucking looked at it? You douchebag. And <laughs> that hadn't seen me in a while came by and asked me what I'd done to myself. We compared our arms. Paul's used to be fairer than mine. Now it's a dull gray blue. And despite the change in his skin color, Paul kept drinking the stuff because he says it cured ailments like sinus problems and even arthritis. Wow. He kept on. He doubled down. He doubled down. He's literally turning blue. He's turning into an alien. He's like, well, I'm not going to quit now. I'm not going to quit now. My sinuses have cleared up. <laughs> See, I love people like this. If you were his friend, you'd be like, man, I think it's time you, you know, you gave the silver uh, drink treatment. I think it's time you gave it a rest. You, you literally look like Barney now. Eh, but you know what? To be fair, my shoulder doesn't ache anymore, so I'm going to keep taking it. <laughs> okay. Paul showed me how he makes it. I based Papa Smurf based. Use distilled water, and then I take this apparatus here. It looks like a high school science experiment. Paul attaches electrodes to a strand of silver wire. Oh, there's electrodes and everything going on here. He sends a current into the water, which extracts the silver. After about 15 minutes, the dissolved silver turns the water into a milky liquid. Paul's fiance Jackie, drinks the stuff too. 
But Jackie's skin looks normal because she says she never applied the silver directly to her face like Paul did. They met on the phone and she fell in love with him. Oh, yeah, that's hot. <laughs> Still, though, I think I prefer... I think I prefer this girl, this girl's though. I don't know if I can do it. I've tried before. I, I couldn't do it, but I've not tried in quite a while. So hopefully I can do it today. I'm going to try. I, I want to see it out and about. Go out today. I think it'll be difficult for her. Um, very difficult, but I think this is something that... So she hasn't been, she she hasn't been out of the house in four years. Four years she hasn't been out of the boat. Out you go, sweetheart. It's not going to kill you. I think social media <laughs> helps people. Coherent nonsense. I want to fuck that weirdo so bad. <laughs> if it wasn't for social media. I don't think you're alone in this chat, by the way. Press one in the chat. <laughs> Media, I don't think people would be as free as they are now. The fingernails too. That's something, right? I used to get quite a lot of hate. I'd get people inboxing me, telling me to kill myself. What? That I'm a waste of space and all of that. Those awful, awful people. It's purely just because I wore a lot of makeup and like... Look, look how gorgeous she was before though. Look, look at her before she put the blue shit on her face. Pink and glitter and stuff like that. I think it's the big eyes. Um, now and they are huge. I think the world is changing now. I get actually mostly positive comments and messages. Now, now I get more confirmation than I used to get. Oh my god, I'm actually doing Of course, it has to rain. Now we're going to have all the blue face paint, you know, running down the face. It's going to be awful. <laughs> See, dude, fella, <clears throat> this is very disappointing. Um, okay, fair enough. You're letting her have the umbrella. That's cool. But, sir, do you not understand gentlemanly conduct? You're supposed to walk on the roadside. She's supposed to walk on the building side. Because when a car goes past and splashes water up, you're supposed to be the one that's stopping her from getting wet from the road water, you see. <clears throat> I shouldn't even have to explain this stuff. This should be common knowledge. But unfortunately, the guys, there are men out there who are letting us down in the gentlemanly ranks. This is gentlemanly conduct 101. You walk on the roadside, the lady walks on the inside. It's one of the first things you should know. You don't let her walk out in front of you. You walk out first. I don't know how to cross roads. Oh my <laughs> Why is that vampire in the sun in the chat? Fucking poses, tourists. <laughs> I don't know how I'm feeling, but I, I'm actually out and. She's freaking out. She's freaking out. <laughs> Henry St. George Tucker Bumper in the chat. Isn't this the least of the things he should be doing differently? <laughs> no, but I like it. I wish it was snow instead. I love snow. I do see Lariah getting over agoraphobia soon. I've seen small progress over the last year. She's definitely been getting better and better. It's like you don't want me to be outside. It's like get back in your butt, <laughs> alien. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> they are getting punished out there, aren't they? If you're listening, if you're listening to the broadcast on Podbean, you can't see. It's like sleet and snow and hail, <clears throat> and it's the kind of rain where it's coming in sideways, like it's vicious rain. It's not like uh, you know a pleasant little stroll with a little bit of uh, yeah, a little bit of spray. No, no, no. This is punishment. Okay. Maybe the universe is saying, get the fuck back in your boat. <laughs> okay. Just before I stepped out of the boat, I kind of doubted myself a little, but like I Good said, for that you. was the Good worst part is just going out of the door and stepping out of the boat. It was really, really fun. It was a lot easier than I thought it would be, and I'm going to keep trying to do it to go outside some more. You definitely help. Good for you. We're very happy for her. Well done. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. The weird blue alien who lives in a boat goes outside one day. What a, what a fantastic, uplifting story before this uh, negative stuff that I'm about to show you. <laughs> Which is horrifying. Alright. <clears throat> Pardon me. Thank you for joining us. You're on the Daily Boogie. Just a couple of stories I have here to round us out for the day. Uh, first of all, a quick little update from the toilet paper apocalypse. This was tweeted out by uh, Babette Salam. If you're not following Babette Salam on Twitter, then you're missing out. It's a very fun account. I think the video was originally put out by news.com.au, though. So here's a little one of those time-lapse videos of what's happening down here in Australia in regards to the toilet paper apocalypse. Have a look at these peasants... Have a look at these common folk, these savages, these hyenas. Watch them tear apart this toilet paper, these pallets of toilet paper in this store here. This is worse than Black Friday. It's like a horde of zombies, isn't it? Boogaloo is commencing, ladies and gentlemen. TP Boogaloo. <clears throat> Here's a fun one. <clears throat> Again, I've been having this kind of conversation. I've been having this kind of pushback with people. I'm trying to, I'm bringing up things that are happening, you know, in the rest of the world. Uh, as you know, like the majority of my audience here is, you know, from the United States. And we love you, brothers and sisters. Don't get me wrong. I'm on your side. But I'm I'm starting to see this issue where everything is being washed through the filter of Donald Trump for some reason. And but not everything has to do with Donald Trump. And I know you are, I know you might be like a really, really determined, 100 percent loyal Donald Trump guy or Donald Trump girl. And you feel the need to defend him at every possible opportunity. But I'm here to tell you, if somebody brings up some kind of, you know, factoid or some kind of news item or some one of the potential risks when it comes to this coronavirus breaking out, and we're going to get into it in a sec. I'm going to explain, you know, where I'm coming from here. 
If somebody brings something up like that and your first instinctive response is to defend Donald Trump for some reason, then I'm sorry, you're missing the point here. And in my opinion, you're having the kind of conversation that I think the corporate media wants you to have. I think you're being sucked into that instead of thinking about things, you know, in a little bit more of an abstract top-down fashion. <clears throat> if your first instinct, if you know, you have to consider the possibility now that you have been programmed by the corporate media that you hate so much to instantaneously jump on the Donald Trump defense bandwagon at every single possible opportunity, even when it's not called for. You have to consider that possibility. If your first instinctive reaction to any news item is to defend Donald Trump for some reason. And I know you guys get it. But a lot of people don't. And you're going to miss out on stuff. If that's, if that's the direction you take, you're going to close your mind off to other possibilities, I think. You don't have to listen to me because, you know, again, he's a foreigner. Who cares what he says? He's a foreigner. It doesn't matter. Fine. But there is a whole world outside the United States <laughs> where things are happening that have nothing to do with Donald Trump. As some virus warriors queue, others drive through, ladies and gentlemen. This new, this new Fallout meets Grand Theft Auto game looks fucking epic, doesn't it? This is happening in Australia right now. As coronavirus concerns escalate across Australia, queues are forming outside Royal Melbourne Hospital with anxious Victorians waiting to get tested. Meanwhile, in Adelaide, South Australia, Health has opened a drive-through testing clinic. A drive-through testing clinic. Allowing patients to get tested without even getting out of their car. Again, see the framing here? It's all about your convenience. Oh, we're doing this to help you. We're, we're doing this to make you feel better. We're doing this to make the process go more smoothly for you. But it's bullshit. The reason that they're doing this, the reason that doctors are literally dressed up as though they were investigating Chernobyl, doctors are dressed up in hazmat suits coming out to you in the car park taking your temperature is because they don't want you inside the hospital. They don't want you in there. They're trying to avoid people going to the hospital. You know why they're trying to avoid people going into the hospital? Because they are trying to free up resources for what's coming. And what's coming is the potentiality for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people to descend on local hospitals and suck up resources which have not been accounted for. Because the growth rate of this virus and the people infected with it. Another thing I'm trying to get through to people that people aren't grasping here. It's not about how many people die. Everybody keeps referring to the fact that, oh, the flu has killed more people than coronavirus. Yes, congratulations. Well fucking done. That's not the point here. That's not the point. The point is all of the other stuff that surrounds the coronavirus, right? For example, the need for there to be a special testing kit administered, the need for a hospital visit, the need for self-quarantining for two weeks, right? You already see governments around the world telling whole industries to stay home for two weeks. Just imagine if we're a term that people need to get uh, familiar with is exponential growth. 
right now, the rate of people who are infected with this virus that we know of doubles every six to 10 days. Meaning in a month's time, there's going to be chaos. And it's not chaos as if there's going to be zombies in the streets. There's not chaos as if people are going to be dying left, right and centre. It's chaos in terms of all of the flow-on shit that people aren't even allowing themselves to consider yet because they're too obsessed with defending Donald Trump against the media. And I get it, man, but you're missing the point. Whole government departments now in Australia are preparing to essentially send their workers home for a fortnight. Imagine, if you will, no buses driving for, a fort- for two weeks. Imagine hundreds of thousands of people every single day in the city of Sydney, where I live, a city of over 4 million people. Imagine public transport shutting down. The whole city of Sydney shuts down effectively when there's one train on one of the main lines that breaks down for an hour. That causes chaos. Now imagine two weeks of it, of nobody being allowed to travel by train. It will cost the Sydney economy billions of dollars a week. Now imagine whole government departments, workers being sent home, not being allowed to be in there, or at least rotating workers through so there's skeleton operations running. Imagine supermarkets shutting down. Imagine shopping malls shutting down. Italy, ladies and gentlemen, has now quarantined itself from the rest of the world. All travel within the borders of Italy has been banned, except for people going to work or people travelling for emergency reasons. That's it. If you're not going to work and you're not travelling for an emergency purpose, you are banned from travelling. So transport takes a hit. Tourism takes a hit. The Expect this. Within a couple of months, the airlines will be going to governments a cap in hand asking for bailouts because otherwise they'll go broke. There was a story in Australia um, yesterday. Certain airlines have already dropped their international fares by 25%. 25% now. And if you're not aware, Australia is a long, long, long fucking way away from everybody else. So it always costs us a fortune to travel overseas because of the distances. It takes a long time. uh, Gypsy muted David for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I think that might have been an accident. It takes a long time to travel from Australia to the United States. It takes a long time for us to get to Europe. So the cost is extreme. They've already dropped the price 25%. Hotel room prices in Italy have plummeted. (laughs) Kevin Gallego. Everything is plummeting. That means people will stop making money. Now, imagine thousands and thousands and thousands of people lining up at the local hospital to be tested. Those people aren't going to work. They're not working. The hospital can't cope with the extra amount of people. At any time in the Western world, ladies and gentlemen, the majority of hospital beds are filled already. There are already people in there. The thing about coronavirus is even though not everybody's dying, which is entirely beside the point, uh, you need a hospital stay These are some, just some of the things that people aren't considering, some of the flow-on effects. 
And I see a lot of people who are still stuck at the first level of conversation here. And that level is, oh, the media is trying to hurt Donald Trump. How about this for an idea? Yes. Yes. Guess what? In politics, every every politician is always trying to use a crisis or a current event to hurt their opposition. This is not fucking news. This is not some groundbreaking development. This is not a new thing. Maybe you're new to politics. They've always done this to everybody on all sides all the time. So get over it. (laughs) Of course they're trying to use a current event to hurt the president. They always have. They always will. It's not a new idea. But what is different on this occasion is the flow-on effect. So Italy has shut itself down. They've cancelled St. Patrick's Day parades in uh, Ireland. And right now you're probably thinking, ah, it'll never happen here. It'll never happen here. We now have drive-through testing clinics at Australian hospitals. Look at the lineup outside the hospital for people to get tested. Doctors in hazmat suits going out to the parking lot to take people's temperature. Yeah, it'll never happen here. You're probably saying it'll never happen here. This is how it starts. Santa Clara County, which is in California, extends emergency declaration as coronavirus spreads. The Santa Clara, uh, Clara County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday unanimously agreed to extend the county's declaration of a local health emergency until April 9 as the coronavirus continued its gradual spread. Somebody tweeted me earlier and said, well, the, the spread has slowed down. So, you know, what's the next um, what's the, what's the next crisis going to be? And I said, well, the spread slowing down is not the same as the spread stopping. It just means it's not spreading as quickly. Nothing has changed here. Supervisors heard from a local of agent, uh, number of local agencies and officials Tuesday, including San Jose Mayor Sam Lichardo, Sheriff Laurie Smith and San Jose Police Chief Eddie Garcia, among others, to get status updates and correct any misinformation. What does this mean, this emergency declaration? I tweeted the story out yesterday. It means that in Santa Clara, they have banned public gatherings of more than a thousand people. And to which I, you know, put the quote on the tweet. uh, And just like that, your right to free assembly was taken away from you. Just like that. And all the while, people were telling me it will never happen here. It can't happen here. We've got the constitution. You stupid foreigner. We've got rights. We've got the constitution. Yeah, well, they just pissed all over it. Your right to free assembly has been neutralized. Have a nice day. They've just taken it away from you. And nobody cares. Remember the thing I told you. Remember that quote that I told you from the guy I was speaking to a couple of years ago now. We were talking about facial recognition tech. We were talking about spy planes flying over Baltimore. We were talking about surveillance. And I said, eventually people will have enough of this. Eventually people will get angry. He said, nope. People will lock themselves in their own prison cell and throw away the key because they think it will keep them safe. The protection meme. Oh, by the way, we're banning gatherings. Sorry about that. But we have rights. Sure you do. Sure you do, sweetheart. And if you wanted further evidence, here it is. House leaders near deal to renew federal surveillance powers. Yep. 
Isn't this cute? House leaders are closing in <clears throat> on a bipartisan deal to renew a set of federal surveillance powers expiring this weekend, but no final agreement has been reached, according to lawmakers and aides of both parties. Republican lawmakers left a Monday night meeting in the office of House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy with Attorney General William Barr <laughs> and expressed optimism about reaching a bipartisan solution before the March 15 deadline, though they cautioned they were still negotiating. And senior aides in both parties say they're giving... Uh, they're even hoping to pass a bill later this week before the programs expire in March 15. On March 15. Remember all the people who have been saying all along, hey, it's we're taking down the FISA court. William Barr is taking down the FISA court. We've had enough of the FISA court. Man, our heroes, they're going to get rid of the FISA court. Going to get rid of the FISA court. When asked about the prospects of a bipartisan deal to reauthorize the expiring pieces of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, Barr responded, we'll see. <laughs> Senior aides for Speaker Nancy Pelosi and McCarthy have been negotiating in earnest in recent days after it became clear that committee leaders in both parties weren't going to come together on a proposal ahead of the expiration date. Intelligence agencies have pleaded for Congress to extend the measures which they say are important for national security, but a debate has raged in Congress about how heavily to reform them. That, combined with President Donald Trump's frequent public criticism of the intelligence community, has made any bipartisan agreement elusive in a polarised Congress. Adding to the sense of uncertainty, Rep Doug Collins of Georgia, who is currently the top Republican on the House Judiciary Committee, announced Monday that he decided to self-quarantine after interacting with an individual who was affected with coronavirus, effectively sidelining Collins for the rest of the week. Rep Mark Meadows, another key player in the Pfizer fight and Trump's incoming chief of staff, also announced he was under self-quarantine until Wednesday, but it's just the flu. Three expiring Pfizer provisions include roving wiretap, authority for federal intelligence agents to surveil suspects who change phones, the authority to monitor people acting as lone wolves, inspired by but not necessarily at the direction of foreign powers, and the authority to access business records and email metadata of suspects. Jim Jordan. Working feverishly with his Republican comrades to extend the surveillance powers. Looking after you. Banning, banning uh, public gatherings in California, renewing the Pfizer agreements in Congress, Donald Trump signing to extend the public data collection aspects of the Patriot Act, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, who cares? It's all just, it's all just, a, it's all just a media plot. You're right, you're right. I'm near it here. It's all just a big media plot to make the guy who's winning look bad. <laughs> the NBA and other sporting events want to ban people from attending the sporting events. The Formula One's banning uh, people from attending. The Victorian government here in Australia says they're ready to pass extreme measures for coronavirus, banning any kind of public gatherings that means music festivals, sporting events, right? Those kinds of things. 
constantly over and over and over and over and over and again. Constantly. UK Neil, thanks for joining us. He's on the uh, Podbean website. Constantly finding new ways to screw you over. <laughs> and again, I said, but if I, as I said before, if your first uh, instinct is to leap to the defense of Donald Trump when people start talking about the flow on effects of the coronavirus, then I'm sorry, you are having the conversation that the corporate media and the politicians want you to have. You are stuck in a trap where it's defend Trump at all costs. No matter what, we everything has to be washed through the filter of Trump. And I, I didn't create that. I didn't make that. I didn't make that a reality. But if you find yourself in that trap, maybe, just maybe, take a moment from time to time to step back and say, is this really the, is this really the moment where I have to defend this guy's honour? Or can I just talk about the possibility that maybe buses won't be running in the city because the city governor is going to ban public gatherings or something like that because of coronavirus? Maybe, just maybe. And then think about how that might affect your daily life and your daily work life and the people around you. Just maybe I won't be able to get to the supermarket because the supermarkets will be closed because the government declares the supermarkets to be a high-risk area of infection of coronavirus. So maybe, just maybe... I should go there, go down there and buy up a few extra tins of baked beans. Maybe I should buy a few extra tins of refried beans, just in case. Instead of just, oh, it's all just a conspiracy to hurt Donald Trump. Maybe, just maybe, but then again, maybe not. The choice is yours and I really don't care. <laughs> Enjoy the breadlines, people, says Victor Von Schroom. Uh, that brings us to the end of tonight's show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us on the this edition of The Daily Boogie. I'll be back tomorrow night at 6 p.m. with another episode. Thank you for joining us on DLive. Thank you for joining us on Podbean. Uh, a full replay of the show will be uploaded later tonight to BitChute. Thank you so much for sharing the show out. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's don't forget to follow our friends at Real Person PLTS, uh, PLTCS at ChrisMC44 at Y Censored at UK Neil at the Iceman, ladies and gentlemen, Iceman in the chat. Don't forget about JJ Stoner, Joy of Pessy, uh, Irrational Times, all good dudes. Make sure you follow them, and don't forget to spare a thought for our comrade, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Jackson, who couldn't be with us tonight, but he better be back soon. God damn it, sickness or otherwise, because we love that son of a bitch and we need him here. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for the diamond, JJ Stoner. Get on, get on board with JJ Stoner. I think tomorrow is Midget Wednesday, so don't miss out. Don't miss out. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow, as I said, at 6 p.m. If you'd like to become a supporter of the show, head over to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to tell me about how Donald Trump is the center of your universe, then you could do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Until tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.